Yeah. My fun fact of of the week is that I don't know which movie it was, but growing up, Adam Sandler was showing was shooting a movie near my house, and people would like like people would stand around like and uh, uh, minorities <laughs> just standing around waiting for Adam Sandler, and I did not a lot a lot of a lot of movies shot where I was like. I grew up in two, in two different towns, so not New York, but like in Westchester, and like I've just never seen that. And people flock to see, like this is pre-internet, to see Adam Sandler, which made me feel kind of proud. And yeah, when I was in high school, they filmed a Ryan Gosling filmed a movie like two houses down from me. Nice. And my sister, who was also in high school, was obviously obsessed with him. So it's the same. <laughs> Adam Sandler is just the '90s Ryan Gosling. That sounds right. That sounds that sounds exactly right. I'm asking, you, did you ever like like did, were you are, are you a fan of Sandler? Yeah. When you texted me that we we're gonna watch this, I think you said something or another preferred Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. I was gonna say Happy Gilmore because I think that's my favorite. Sure. Of of this era, Adam Sandler, but. Rewatching Billy Madison, I was like, "Shit, this one's definitely top two, though." <laughs> I I almost said Happy Gilmore, and then I feel like there's a part of Happy Gilmore that I don't like. Which part? Well, so I said I said Billy too Madison first. <laughs> Actually, yes, too much golf. <laughs> so I initially said Billy Madison because I thought it was one of the first Sandler movies, and I think it I think it is right. Is it not like the first like Adam Sandler starring film? I feel so positive. Yeah, I'm looking right at it. Yeah. Yeah. Coming or at least anyways, coming right out, out of Saturday Night Live, this was the first movie. Because it was oh, just yeah. in 95, Happy Gilmore 96. But that's not really an Adam Sandler movie. Right, right, right. I mean like Adam Sandler movies. I gotta say, I don't know if SNL Adam Sandler is my Adam Sandler. Like Oh no, this is like movie Adam Sandler is my Adam Sandler. Although Opera Man is yeah. definitely like one of the first associations I have with with the same man. No, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he wasn't great. I mean, like he was on he was on air from ninety from nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety five. I was like seven yeah. years old. Like you know what I mean? I wasn't watching SNL, <laughs> but like being able to go back to that afterwards, I was all about it. Jack and Jill, Adam Sandler is my Adam Sandler. <laughs> This is a crazy five-year period. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer, The Water Boy, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, Punch Drunk Love, Mr. Deeds, Anger Management. Like, that's a pretty good streak. Yeah. And then he fucked it up with the Zohan. And it all went down. (laughs) Grown-ups. Grown-ups 2. Grown-ups 3. Grown-ups 3D. 3D? Oh, okay. No, I was, I was looking at his IMDb like, there's a 3D? Is there a... <laughs> is there a 3D? Why would they do exactly. Why would they do both? Listen, Adam Sandler, I, I must say, Adam Sandler has such a diverse uh, career and people often don't talk about, like you said, like just how much of a short time span all of those movies were for them to him cross over and do like, I'm truly not being funny, but like Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, like okay, maybe not Jack and Jill, but like grown ups. 
great movie. Funny People. Funny People, I think, is a sleeper hit of Adam Sandler that people don't give him enough credit for. Him uh-huh. like, or like Rain Over Me, a great Adam Sandler movie where he like continued this like dramatic turn. Or Click. I really enjoy Click. Yeah, Click. Heartbreaking. Right? You know the and scene. Then, like, I, I do know the scene. And then there's like this like whole romantic comedy, like true romantic comedy of like, you know, 51st Dates and the movies he's done with like Drew Barrymore, all like 11 of them. And then we get, into, and then we like get into this new turn. Anyways, like we, like all I'm saying is I don't think we give Adam Sandler enough credit, which is why I wanted to watch something about Adam Sandler and thus landing on, on Billy Madison, because I think it's easy to go to Punch Drunk Love and talk about how that film has inspired a lot of filmmakers when I think it's, it's when Adam Sandler is completely reckless with his performance and like uninhibited that people really tuned into Adam Sandler. Anyways, before we go, any, the, I mean, that's what applies to the, the comedies too. Like the good comedies, like I'd say in Billy Madison, he's pretty unhinged in the same way as unhinged. Yeah, no, 100%. Wait, before, before we go any further, Dan, this is required watching where we watch the essential films from the list of, in, in, from cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. My name is Trey Epps. I am Danny Taverner. And again, we're talking about the 1995 hit Billy Madison. This is directed by Tamara Davis, written by Adam Sandler and Tim Hurley, starring Adam Sandler, Bridget, Bridget Wilson, Sampras and look, Bradley Wilford's in this, Star McDonald's in this. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Teresa Merritt, who played the maid, was hilarious in this. <laughs> Listen, this is the very beginning of what we're gonna consider the the normal group of people around Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Um, which I enjoy. I I personally enjoy that this was his first film and not only does his style stay pretty consistent in like his films, like the ones that he's making, but again, his, his friends are the people he enjoys making these movies with and therefore having, having that constant rotation of, of actors allows for, I, I think allows for him to be as wild and unwieldy as we were just mentioning. Yeah. It's, it's the birth of the happy Madison extended universe. Do you believe in this? Do you believe that it exists? Because I do. I saw a video and oh, I was like, I believe like, it. That they're linked together? Yeah. Oh, no. Is this like a like one of those Pixar or yeah. DreamWorks things? Oh, no, please. Yeah, yeah. I, I will definitely share a video with you. I'll try to find it as we talk about this. But yeah, essentially, somewhere I was like, I can tell you how all of these movies are connected and I'm all about it. It's like a 12-minute video that makes no sense. It, it makes all the sense, which is why it's so great. But why someone would, would all his movies like all his movies all his movies like and then in uncut gems <laughs> you can see a, a no. shane mcgavin poster no to be fair it was maybe i don't know maybe like seven years ago at this point so i think it's all the happy happy madison films mm. anyways what, what was your experience like watching this film for the first time if you remember i don't even remember when i i grew up in a house that a uh, big, big comedy household. My dad's a, a jokester. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So I feel like, I feel like Adam Sandler and SNL and all this stuff was constantly on. So I honestly, it's one of those movies that I'm like, Oh, I've always known this movie. Also, especially this movie because 
as a child seeing this movie and seeing an adult man speak like a child. Right. You're naturally going to love that movie. Oh, 100%. Because I definitely have been going for five. Let's say five. <laughs> since I was since I was a preteen. <laughs> I, I don't know where I was when I first saw this movie, but I remember just having just... Maybe you have the same experience of just having like VHSs and DVDs just around. Like someone bought them. You had no control over who, you know, what was bought. And, or maybe it was on TV because remember TV back in the oh, day? Like, you just the movies around. And they start playing yeah. in the day. Oh. Exactly. Classics. First, first time I saw The Shining, I was homesick. I was like seven. My mom had to go to work and she's like, here, watch something. Oh, this is good. No. Really? I remember Dude. leaving the door, leaving the house and she had, Oh, you should pay attention. This is this director is a really good one. And then left. It was no. like shining. Like the opening credits. And I was like, all right, I'll watch this. Wait, first of all, what an instrumental moment in you being like, I guess I guess me and Kubrick are friends now. <laughs> or you know, whatever. See a waterfall uh, of blood. Yeah, at right. Eleven right. in the morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's insane. I I appreciate that so hard. I, I don't have something that I can point to. Oh, it was Kubrick. Okay. I don't have something I can point to and think like that, like that was the moment. In fact, I do. I have, I have a moment where I, it wasn't about movies. It was just about TV of like, again, the nineties, the because it just doesn't happen anymore. I feel of like sitting around on like Sunday night. Cause Sunday was a big TV night as well. And watching some, like watching some like sitcom and like watching my family laugh. All, all I could imagine was like, I want to do that. And for whatever reason that that transplant transplanted planted itself to being like a stand-up comedian, I, I very quickly, like the next week, realized I am not a stand-up comedian. Like I like I tried. <laughs> I even tried that thing where like I took other people's jokes and just reset it and like I knew that I was messing up like the delivery and the punchline. How, how did I fuck up a Mitch Hedberg joke? <laughs> how did I do it? I was probably trying to do like Richard Pryor and like I couldn't say half the words. <laughs> Your mouth washed out with soap. Yeah, actually, anyways, yeah. So I, yeah, I ended up, I ended up like from that moment being like, no, no, no. It's not, it's not that I want to do stand up. It's that I want to be on screen, making people laugh and like being funny. Anyways, it's really uh, interesting what you say about. My family had the 25th anniversary VHS of SNL. Yeah. So that was 99 into 2000. Yeah. Season 25. And I remember watching that constantly because all my favorite sketches were the Adam Sandler sketches. I remember, I'm not sure what year it was, but SNL would, like you said, do these VHSs and DVDs and stuff, but it'd be like collections of your favorite mm-hmm. artists. So like, oh, yeah. like Will Ferrell yeah, had, had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, so, it was so good to actually have them broken down like this pop a tape in and go this is every sketch not every sketch the person was in but like all That's the popular ones yeah yeah and now Man. we can google but no it doesn't feel the same there's nothing like it, it's like the the work of going like i have to rewind or fast forward this vhs to find this one very specific sketch like i think this is how i landed on like the adam sandler 
Was it a Christmas special? Or, oh, sorry, not Christmas special, but Christmas sketches. Like, what's the? I, I don't know the genesis with him in like this whole not Christmas but Hanukkah and all that stuff. Was, so like that, like that was the genesis. Like I found this again way later when I wasn't watching this. Now I was much more of a Mad TV kind of guy in the beginning. Ooh, raunchy. Yeah, I know. But then like being able to like kind of a little racist. <laughs> SNL? Uh, uh, Matt TV? Oh, no, Matt TV. Oh, yeah. I was just talking to someone about this. All their best characters and sketches incredibly, are incredibly offensive. I can think of the, the only character I can think of from Matt TV that isn't racist is the UPS driver. Like Phil Lamar, <laughs> when he's like yeah. the answer. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is either ableist, racist, or some offensive. <laughs> And yet we loved it. We loved every minute of it. Loved it. Bring it back. Um, bring bring it back. I. Anyways, we're not even talking about this movie. Hold on. Let me let me stop one second and say this. If you have never seen Billy Madison, it is about uh, a guy in order to inherit his fed up father's hotel empire. An immature and lazy man must repeat school grades one to twelve all over again. And it's essentially that. Like it's a very simple premise, but. I don't know how you felt. There's something about me trying to watch watch the movie for this, where I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to criticize this movie because it's it's. I find it incredibly difficult to criticize this movie. Yeah, it's one of those movies where you you have. To, I mean, this is kind of the case with most movies, but goofy movies like this, especially, where you just go, okay, I don't, I don't care. Just that's what's happening. All right, I I, I get it. I believe you. Right. Right. <laughs> There's like a level of disbelief where you're just like. Okay, he does each grade in a week or two. All right, that's fine. Yep. I'll buy it. T- two weeks and has a yeah. party and has a party after each one. And, and for some reason, the only we only really see one one week of those couple of weeks. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. By the way, yeah, exactly. High school is a blur. It seems like <laughs> grades uh, like four to eight just kind of flew by. <laughs> right. Um, Exactly. It was like that one scene in like science class or whatever it was, which I'm sure was middle school. So we, uh, did we, yeah. oh, and then like the one where he pulled up outside the high school, but then that was it. it like nothing else. He like pissed uh, his pants in one scene and then he graduated in the next. Correct. Hey, let's just be clear. Timeline wise, 12 grades in, the, in, in, you know, one to 12. Uh, that's 20. If he's doing it in two weeks, that's 24 weeks. 24 yeah, like- weeks. We're spending six months of this. A substantial amount of time. <laughs> again, again, when you start to use just, this is just up in the air the entire time. <laughs> we can't make any decisions until this weird competition's over. <laughs> but boss, there's a really good opportunity in Cuba. So, yeah, I think I think that's exactly it. I, I think there has to be a disclaimer that's like this is a goofy fucking movie. Yeah, and it's and that's again I say that's the genius of this movie is that it's this like no holds barred Adam Sandler being ridiculous. And I think, I think there was a criticism, but like Adam Sandler doing like someone and like throughout his, all, all of his movies where he's a character actor, of course, where it's like making fun of people with, with like mental issues. And I think, I, I think I argue and I'm on the side of like, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think Billy Madison was a perfectly smart and capable person when he needed to be. But then oh, like, yeah. as, like, as a, as a choice for like, for this person, he was like, I want to live in La La Land and like speak gibberish and, and be drunk all the time and whatever it is. Like all, all of the wild moments, all of the wilder moments 
were because Billy Madison was drunk, not necessarily because like that's who he was. I, I he think doesn't have, he doesn't have any mental disabilities. He's he doesn't. Just He's just drunk. He's just drunk and like childlike and like you know, later on we, we get this whole man child thing that's nice and sexy, but before that we had Adam Sandler speaking gibberish and that was completely okay. Yeah, also all his the characters shortcomings or questionable actions, they're all pretty deliberate. It's not oh, like yeah. he's walking around like he's he knows what he's doing. Which I found, I found great. I can I say something? Can I say something? Can I say something? So Please. Bridget Wilson Sampras is I, I, I had a crush on this woman when watching this movie when I was a child. And like before you even knew what a crush was, you're like, this person's intrigues me. Uh, Six year old me was intrigued or whatever, you know, however, whatever age I was. And I, I could not take my eyes off of her to the extent where like I stopped the movie. and was like, where is this woman? Like, why, how is she in this movie that was successful? And we've never seen her again. I, I still don't know the actual answer to it, but Wait, she she's Sonya Blade in correct. Mortal Kombat. Correct. Like she's she's done a few things here and there, but not really. And she was in the wedding planner, apparently. Yeah, I, yeah. Like she was, she like her career is seemingly all over the place. But I'm like, how how is this person not acting more? And the thing is, I I think in the position that she was in, like I think that that scene where she came to the the Madison mansion and just beat up Billy, I was like, yo, this is a this is amazing. To have a woman doing this in the '90s, I think is amazing because you never you never see that. Like, I, I just don't think you see that ever. And like, for her to be like this kind of like strong woman in a movie so this goofy was great to see. Yeah, I don't think you see uh, someone saying, "Hey, knock it off! You're being too goofy." <laughs> I get this is goofy, but too goofy, too goofy. I also, I also just to break my disbelief for just a second, but I can't, I, what, what teacher is making, uh, who, who finds this kid attractive? Who, this guy attractive? <laughs> who doesn't see the red flag surrounding Billy Madison? <laughs> hey, this guy has to do second grade at, how old is he supposed to be? Like 30? <laughs> at least, right? But he's pretty this cute. Guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he may be dumb, but but he will inherit a wholesale empire quite soon. So he is filthy rich. Let me ask you a question: What do you feel about our villain? Our villain was interesting. What did you feel about Bradley Whitmore? Whitley? Whitmore? I was thinking because I was still thinking of Veronica Vaughn. Good for you. So yeah, I was thinking that the bus driver was the villain, Chris Farley. Now he does, he does eat an entire school of <laughs> lunches. Him and his friends. Can you yeah. can, can someone tell me why Chris Farley was not in this movie more? Because I kind of I kind of agree with you. It's almost like a, a henchman kind of a kind of foe. He's definitely like second on the list. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. should be. Honestly, he steals the movie. That the whole scene of the field trip with him yelling is one of the scenes that like when I think of this movie, I go straight to that scene. Yeah. According to, according to Adam Sandler in 2015, Chris Farley turning bright red in the, in aggravation was improvised. And 
I I felt like I was getting like a, a burst blood like like I feel like I feel like I was turning red for him. I was holding my breath. I was doing all the actions to turn red whilst he was doing it. I remember doing that in like elementary school because I'm I got a very pink complexion. I can turn red pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, do it. And and come to think of it, this might have been where it all started. Because <laughs> Farley turned into a cherry tomato. Dude, gone too soon. I, you know what? I, I'm going to say it now. We need to watch a Chris Farley documentary. We need to watch the one I just quoted you from. Is it I Am Chris Farley? Yeah, I Am Chris Farley, 2015. Do you ever see, what was it? It was a recent SNL anniversary thing where they did like a in memoriam to Chris Farley and Adam Sandler had like a very emotional. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, heartbreaking. I can't imagine. I mean, listen, I, we're talking we're talking about filmmaking, right? And I think we all aspire to have a certain level of success. And I think with success in 20, the 21st century, there's a level of like fame that can come along with it. And I, all I, all I have ever wanted to do was be successful in this industry. And while my friends were like, I want to be on, I, I also want to be successful and I want to be on magazines. I was like, no, no, no. I just want to be successful. I want to be the guy like that you know nothing about. You may see me having fun every now and again, but I don't want you to know anything about me. I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to be like Princess Diana where like <laughs> paparazzi is just surrounding me. I don't want to have to Kanye on paparazzi. I just want to like really be successful. And I can't imagine, I haven't talked about Richard Pryor and all this stuff. I can't imagine what it's like to have people give you all of the, all of the literal and figural ammunition to take yourself down and have people watch. Yeah. And encourage it and be like, Hey, be fatter and funnier. (laughs) Right. No, seriously. Just do this cocaine and, and, and everything will be okay. Yeah. I, when I think about things like that, I get really sad. Like it really troubles me and it really upsets me. And I think that, says a lot about my mental status, mm. but you know, like when we, when we hear about celebrities dying, my mind goes to two things of like, my gosh, they had so much more left to give. And like, and then I always go like, why, why did they die? What happened? Cause I need to track where my lifetime was going to end. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> if everyone just starts suddenly dying at 40, then like, you know, I'm in trouble. All right. I got to make some plans. Exactly. It also yes. really makes sense of why, I mean, I don't know if he was different before, but why Adam Sandler seems to keep a pretty low profile outside of his projects. Mm, yeah. Like you see him, he's just like a guy in sweats most of the time in like paparazzi photos. He's just like, I'm just doing my own thing. I, it's, it's kind of like a, I was reading about like Keanu Reeves at first. Yeah, go on. He wears, I don't know if you've seen him recently, but he just wears like sweats, sweats and athletic gear like <laughs> everywhere. It was beyond like a talk show. Just like, oh yeah, what's up? Yeah, I, yeah, I love that. I love that casual I mean, nature. I mean, I mean, this. I, I've noticed something in myself today. I have two different types of clothes. I have clothes that I want people to see me in, and I have clothes that I don't care wearing. Like right now, I'm wearing a polo neck uh, for those who can't see, and not a polo neck, but a polo shirt. And like, if I was going out and trying to impress people, or just going out in general and like trying to feel good, I wouldn't wear this shirt. But there's, some, there's something about about Adam Sandler and just people in general who can just be like, yeah, like this is just what I'm wearing, and I don't really care about what you think. But the listeners and, can't see is that Trey doesn't have pants on. 
zero pants. Of of all the times that we record, I actually am wearing pants today. Uh, Back to the movie, though. All of that to say is that I admire, in general, Adam Sandler's willingness to be wild and be goofy and be all of these things. Because I don't don't think a lot of people are. Like, you you know, you hear about so many people who just, you know, we, we as a generation curate our lives so much for the world. And I think... Adam Sandler is such a testament to the time, to the time, but also I think to who he is, where he's like, I am the silly, goofy person who speaks gibberish for a third of the movie. And like, I'm pretty sure all of the budget was spent on this mansion. <laughs> also, like rewatching it, because I don't know the last time I've seen this movie, but I've seen it several times over the years. I was surprised at how hard I laughed at jokes that I knew were coming or jokes that I knew were super childish. Go on. Which ones? Like uh, one of the best lines in this entire movie is when they're ding dong, they're playing ding dong ditch with that old guy. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. leave the burning pack of uh, dog shit. And he stomps it out and he goes, Oh, I poop again. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> one of that line needs to go down in the national archives. He called the shit poop. And three grown men are laughing at this in bushes. Doubled over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. But shit I, like that where you're like, I'm not going to laugh. Like, I laughed at this when I was 12. I'm not going to laugh at it now. Nope. I'm going to laugh even harder. <laughs> but you know you know what it is? Like, name a movie. Like, there's something about, like, absurdist comedies like this that don't exist anymore. They just, they just don't. Like, we don't make comedies the same way anymore. I would argue that The Hangover, like, maybe those years before i'm sorry those years after may still have that but like the hangover era was like the last era of like completely silly off the walls like straight comedies i miss i miss it i think we all miss it i think we we all like you know go on i've had this conversation recently i think that might make a comeback post post covid i think because of the pandemic that might make a comeback just because shit is so heavy the last yeah. year that I think the relief of genuine goofy absurdity is so needed Yeah, to just be like, I'm just silliness, just genuine silliness. I think, I, I think with the rise of sketch shows, like we've seen so many sketch shows on air in the last three years, let alone like five, but I think you're right. I think there is something that people just want to see goofiness. Because you know what? And some, Speaking some weirder ones too. Like some ones that you're like, oh shit, this is on Netflix? This is, right. With like right. a big, like, I think you should leave. Yes. Like, I love that show, but just because it's such a weird type of humor, I'm a little bit surprised that it has such a big following. Because it is like a little, like, oh, this is kind of niche right. like weirdo humor and I, I think i think a lot i think like I, I don't know like what that following looks like but i also think the way we think about followings is changing like a small a quote-unquote small following is still like a fairly good following i mean it's the you know bands and other artists completely make a living on like this very small section of of audience that they have yeah i i, I would i would like to see these things like seeing astronomy club get their sketch show was Great. And let me just point out that, let me point this out and say that I don't think all of SNL is great. 
please hire me. But I don't think all of SNL is great. And in fact, I kind of look at it like, of course, like you and I kind of lived in like the sketch world for, you know, pre-pandemic and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I just don't, there's something about growing up and thinking about how prestigious it is and then suddenly surrounding yourself with it. And you're like, wait, what? Like, the, like there's obviously some sketches that are fantastic. And the other ones you're like, I'm sure I, I, I wrote something a bit better than this. Or I saw something in like this basement that was infinitely better than this that kind of does this a whole lot differently. Because there's a whole science. Anyways, my, my point is, yeah, my point is, it's, 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 it's yeah, I, I, I don't want to always hold a candle to some things that we, like institutions that we know are great and just continue to call them great just because. Well, because also at the end of the day, fart jokes are funny too. <laughs> Like people seeing all these, people all these pre- prestigious things and like these institutions of comedy and humor. And then calling shit poop is also funny. Gibberish <laughs> is also funny. But you know what? It's, it's the reckless abandonment to, to put down like while writing yeah. the script, he called, he called shit poop <laughs> and then like leaving it in and not, and not touching it, not touching it whatsoever or just ad living it and not, not even cutting it. It's amazing. It's like, you know, the, uh, what's that? The, who is it? Hemingway that did that short, the six word short story, baby shoes for sale. Yeah. I got a five word story that beats that. She (laughs) called the shit poop. Uh, anyways, Dan, let's wrap this shit up. Unless you have something else to say. Let's wrap this poop up. Put down your cold brew. Sorry. It's just ice. It's regular coffee with ice. Uh, why don't you go first? All right. As far as Adam Sandler movies go, this one is top of the heap. So it is 100% required watching. Yeah, I think it's the perfect, goofy Adam Sandler. I don't know. It just, I don't, I don't, I don't never know what to say during these closing statements without sounding a little too heavy. Sure. But I think this is a, comedy movie that makes you feel like a kid like goofy and silly and stupid no i damn i hear you and i agree with you and i'll jump in because i feel like i feel like you are looking for like the perfect thing to say and Mm -hmm. i don't think there is a perfect thing to say because i think the reason why adam sandler has lasted this long one his movies have have grossed incredible amounts of money for the budget that they were given but two he, like he, him, him as a like a writer and an actor is completely versatile, as we've seen in our gems recently, and what we will see in, in the future. But I keep coming back to what we were talking about: just just having this ability to appear anyway uninhibited and and follow the fun and be and like have like this this story structure that maybe maybe a bit too crazy and a bit wild for some people, but really connect to a lot of people in a way that allows them to laugh and feel like a kid and, and really feel like they walk away from a movie enjoying themselves. Is this movie for everyone? Absolutely not. But not every movie is. And people really stand on the line when it comes to Adam Sandler. And I don't know if you have to. It's not for you. That's okay. But Citizen Kane is probably may or may not be for you either and that's okay. You like you can like what you want to like. Just go with Happy Gilmore. Or happy I mean, I, I think I think generally speaking about Adam Sandler's like filmography is that there is something for everyone, and there's not there's not many actors 
that had that kind of uh, situation. Like he, like he's a creator full, like through and through. As far as like what him and his production company put out, like it's it's all over the map. Yeah, he, um, he definitely has the lowest of the lowbrow and pretty highbrow too. Pretty highbrow, and you know, what? but I, I would relate it to like Will, Will Ferrell. Like in, ter- in terms of like commitment from a comedian. Like we we love to praise Will Ferrell for how much he commits to something, but we we rarely go Adam Sandler like really committed to this goofy character. I don't know what that is exactly, but that's interesting because both of them are SNL icons that made their way and had like very successful comedy movie careers. But Adam Sandler is the one who always gets shit on for having kind of some stinkers the last. I don't know, 10 years or something. Sure. But I'd say he's got a better track record than Will Ferrell. Because Will Ferrell also has some stinkers. Yeah, absolutely. But he doesn't have the range that Adam Sandler's got. He doesn't have the uncut gems or the punch drunk gloves or the Spanglish. I mean, he has... Uh, what's that Will Ferrell movie? What's that Will Ferrell movie? A serious one? Yeah, it's a serious one. Emma Thompson's in it. She's like with clocks. Hold on. It's going to come to come, come to me. Slash, I'm looking it up right now. Oh my god! It doesn't even show up on the initial. Well, first of all, the producers was was fantastic. Jeez, Will Ferrell has that one movie called. Oh my gosh, I'm so annoyed by this. Sorry. <laughs> anyways, anyways, I will I will say he, he has some movies that are really interesting. But but yeah, just like you're saying, I I, I just don't think there's a comparison. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people look at it the same and think of it the same. If Adam Sandler, which Will Ferrell did, Will Ferrell, first of all, Will Ferrell did a Lifetime movie. Purposefully. Purposefully did a Lifetime movie. And we never talk about it. We never hear about it. We don't, <laughs> like, we don't really, we don't really go anywhere with it. But if, if like, in Will Ferrell also did, like, like, a fully Spanish film. Like, he learned Spanish for mm-hmm. this movie just because. And I think if Adam Sandler did the same thing, we would not give him the sound of day. Stranger Than Fiction is the name of the I'm, movie. Oh, yeah, Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. I mean, Adam Sandler did do Spanish sort of in a Spanglish and no one ever talks about that movie everyone just loves to shit on Jack and Jill without talking about his performance in Hotel Transylvania 2 sad sad world okay I I know we're wrapping this up and I I feel like that was a bit of a joke but then we talk about Edward Murphy (laughs) we talk about Eddie Murphy and like like Norbit and and like not 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 Night Professor because I feel like people really love those. And like those yeah. were like a pro- like even the sequels were like a product of like that, that series. Yeah, like Pluto Nash, right? We talk about those movies and like Eddie Murphy gets shit on, and then like but we we separate that from like Beverly Hills Cop where he crushed, or mm-hmm. like Dolomite Is My Name where he crushed, and then I I just I feel you like gotta take the good with the bad people. You <laughs> you do you do. It's an entire so package Hills or Cop nothing. Is so good. That we're gonna accept Norbit as well. I mean, we won't be reviewing Norbit as sheer principle, but we will accept it. No, but if, if it's a double feature with Beverly Hills Cop and Norbit, I'm gonna buy a ticket. I'm gonna fall asleep oh. after Beverly Hills Cop. Right, 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 right. I'm gonna take a Nyquil afterwards, but uh <laughs> I'm gonna say, hey, why did they choose this movie for the double feature? <laughs> I'll be honest, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Beverly Hills Cop? No, imagine if I was like, I've never seen Beverly Hills Cop. That's like Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> I've never seen, I've never seen Norbit, but. But you don't have to. But I don't have to, exactly. I, I don't have to because I, I, I appreciate it in the canon that is Eddie Murphy playing multiple characters and 
doing his thing. Look, they can't have they can't have perfect perfect records, but the good outweighs the bad. The good, the good often outweighs the bad. And I, I think it's a shame that we live in a society where like Academy Awards are usually given to those who are playing it safe or being dramatic and not taking those kinds of risks. I think we, I think we love Joaquin Phoenix or like, like we, we make fun of him all year when he's in character for this movie and then like give him an Oscar two years later. But the minute, like, again, Eddie Murphy goes in and does like eight characters in Norbit, which I would argue is quite taxing and, and, and like much more difficult to be playing off of yourself I, he he gets like ripped off on the oscars because of like G- dream girls was that same year and like no one took him seriously anyways i have very about strong it? feelings yeah sorry i, I was Norbit deserves an oscar no i don't no 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 oh, dream girls adam chandler deserves best actor and best actress for jack and joe i would love to see it um, anyways, I didn't say it, but I also think this is required simply to take away like the, the, the inhibition, like to see the inhibitions of what Adam Sandler does with this film and, and know that even if people don't get you, there are people who get you and all of your artistic endeavors. Anyways, we are running a bit longer than usual, so I'll wrap this up by saying thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to help support us, please share it with other people, post about it on social media and leave a rating and review. To catch the latest from the podcast, you can catch all of the news at Required Watch on Instagram and Twitter. You can catch me at Trey.Eps on Instagram and I'm at Trey Epps on Twitter. And essentially, I just post photos of like film photos because that's the kind of nerd that I am. But show me some love. Why not? Dan, where are you? I am at Danny Taverner everywhere, but I don't post anything. He doesn't post anything. Uh, I'm doing all the work on the social media game. And by that, I mean I'm barely doing work. It's been real. Until next time, peace out.